Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 74 of the Archaeologist Podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I am your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call it, our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in Ark. Rico! Uh, how do y'all, uh, 4494 looks like. Leg day? Hey, uh... 3482 this week. And returning once again, Solo. Hey, thanks for having me back. 8042. All right, so we know who's the pro, who's the noobs. <laughs> <laughs> so, main topic this week was supposed to be something. I don't even remember what because it got driven out of my head because Wildcard decided to post the TLC preview phase 2 details. So, we're going to be doing that main topic because not only were there some new dinos they talked about, but also some upcoming fixes, bugs to be addressed, and some little features that'll be added to the game. So that'll be the main topic this week. But before we do that, YouTube comments. Last week's listener question was, if you had the chance to tame a Titan, would you do it and make it your home base? Basilisk Evolved answered, saying definitely would be awesome. I also think that limited Titans to one per server is a bit much, if possible. I believe it would be a good idea to limit Titans to one per alliance and maintain the current three per server. That way, tribes wouldn't be able to ally to have all three Titans, but there would still be more than one per server. Hmm. Not a horrible idea. I like it, personally. I think the one per server is pretty nice. Certainly gives people a reason to fight more in the yeah. than usual. Like the unicorn. Like People fight wars for that thing. So. <laughs> and they don't have to because there's a way to game the system to spawn more unicorns but people use any excuse to fight now uh kibaniga wolf boy had a few things to say and he starts off saying i want to say this mod that modders have no trouble fixing issues a lot more because there's a lot more to the mods but when it comes to arc devs they barely want to be interactive with player base we can see the similar issue with Moyang and their baby, Minecraft, in games with talking to the community. Then all of a sudden, Dead Silence forgetting their technical community and treat them like crap. I'm sorry I made the comparison of Ark to this, but it's similar from startup to now. He also goes on to say, if Titans, meaning more than one, could be tamed in a tribe, the meta will adjust to armor walls pushing in with turrets. As long as there's no breed lines for the Titan, uh, he doubts slot capping will ever be solved with uh, being able to transfer only if there was influx detection and not allowing transferring. It's a little confusing. Uh, and he says, like he said before, about X amount of people pop popping into that server in the matter of few hours. Transferring system is offline for that server temporarily for X amount of hours. It would be annoying to raid knowing your supply is being cut off again and again, which means they have to make do with what they got. There's no easy solution. Sometimes games are not meant to be PvP at times because balance is just a pipe dream. I'm not wrong if you take in IRL wars with fighting with each other. There was a lot of advantages over another in many forms of fashion. Uh, I do kind of like the idea of shutting off the the transfer system after a certain, certain amount of transfers have gone through within a certain amount of time. Maybe if they just shut it off for like new players coming in rather than completely. Yeah. Hey, I still say idea. that there should be that they should retool it so that it, that there is uh, there is that it actually is fairly involved system to transfer stuff, and there's a literal like time delay, and a warning on the other side if you try and transfer if you're trying to transfer say an army it's going to take time, 
and it's going to warn people. Mm-hmm. It, uh, there was this game I used to play that I don't even remember the name of it. It was just an HTML game, but it was how you'd send fleet stacks from planet to planet. And like I remember once I was, I mean, we had an operation in the guild I was part of that took a month of real time. Jeez, I've heard it suggested before that like. You know, you could pay a tribute maybe and like link your arc with another arc for a like a set period of time, but then transfers go both ways between them. Mm. That kind of limits people from being able to freely, you know, explore different servers. But it it's definitely offers some interesting things when you know considering PvP. Yeah. No, I'm just... Go ahead. Well, okay, then I'm gonna go. Uh, I, I was just gonna say, <laughs> speaking of timers. Uh, one thought I had was, you know, I, I know a lot of people complain about the upload timer, right? What if it was a download timer? And I don't mean like the current download timer where it mm-hmm. moves if you don't download it in time. I mean like you got to have a waiting period while it's uploaded so that, you know, you can go off and do other things. As opposed to what I think a lot of people currently do, which is just kind of look at their watch standing at the obelisk. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I just like the idea of an invading force having to actually hold an obelisk to, to get all their stuff out. And that you actually have to transfer things like literally, like you do for a boss transfer. You have to, yeah. whatever you're taking with you, you got to get it onto the platform. You got to hold the platform, and it's going to take a while. The more stuff you're trying to bring, that's a good point. I think, yeah, it would add some tactical. It would add, uh, uh, basically, it's the kind of thing that could actually get me to bother to look back at officials if there were tactics involved. Well, I think we like we still have the transmitters, and and those are useful for like you know bobbing in a specific location but mm-hmm. like if you could somehow you know define like where stuff is permitted to travel to and from it, it seemed like sort of a decent idea we talked about it a long time ago and uh you know i don't know how it would be implemented but you'd know where your attackers came from so it'd be known one two three business you know um going back to the game i talk a lot about planet side too there was a grid system the different bases were connected mm-hmm. by highways so like you couldn't go directly to one arc you kind of had to go through, or one base, you had to jump through a couple of bases to work your way there and capture them. Yeah, certainly great ideas. would be nice to see a wild card. Gives <laughs> well, some see, reason. I think that would put certain arcs on the borders, you know? Mm-hmm. There, there'd be certain battleground arcs where it's just constant fighting, where if you got far enough away from the front, um, maybe things would be a little quieter. Because you knew you your know enemy funny? had to go through a couple layers. And this is, you know, I always bring up the lore and stuff. The way that it actually looks from the outside, of course, the way that you actually sh- are shown transferring is just all kinds of weirdness, but there is an actual grid system to the arc clusters that are orbiting the planet in the lore. That kind of makes sense to have mm-hmm. some kind that you have to tra- that you'd have to travel through grids plus um to travel between the different types of arcs in the single cluster in single player, you actually have to accomplish I mean, yeah, they, the tech stuff is gated because of game mechanic decisions, but the actual gating for the single player is supposed to be until you do this, you can't go to this map. Right. Lattice is the word I was trying to think of. It's the lattice system. Alright, well uh, let's move on. Sean Higgins enjoyed last week's episode and said, uh, the new guys are entertaining and would love to see them back again. Keep up the good work, guys. <laughs> Solo, you already got a fan. You index. Well, thanks, dude. <laughs> Next Generation Gaming says, Hate to be that guy, but the C in Nidaria is silent, and the first S is long, so Nidaria. Interesting fact, though, it means stinging cells, and is actually the name of the family jellyfish, an- anemones, and coral belonging to 
Uh, you get off there. And uh, this is point, I wanted to point something out. Dude, dude, trust me. I'm like this too. Nobody hates uh, uh, hates to be that guy. <laughs> you just say that so other people uh, so other people are briefly disarmed. Oh, last week I did get it wrong. So and I yeah, knew well, it was supposed remember to be the, uh, Do you remember the conversation uh, that Grappler and I had about uh, the proper pronunciation of chitin? Yes. <laughs> oh, a lot of people calling it chitin, but it's supposed to be chitin. Ah, uh, those were the days. Do people still say chitin every now and then? Only ironically. Only ironically. <laughs> uh, he also had a little complaint saying on a completely re- unrelated note, I get the whole censoring thing, but can you use a less offensive sound? It literally hurts my ears, and if I lower the volume, I can't hear some of you. And he suggests replacing it with the sound of a dodo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would love to replace the sound with the dodo, but unfortunately I wouldn't be able to edit it to be long or short, depending on the amount of time needed for the censorship, but I will try to lower the volume on the... You could always try just dead air silent, uh, uh, censoring. Uh, it sounds so... I know, it's, ab- it, it, it's abrupt, but it's not abrasive. Yeah. Well, I'll experiment with uh, trying to get the sound, the volume lower, and maybe that'll work for him. If not, then I'll figure something else out. Uh, he also started playing Aberrations and, and says... I'm in the upper mushroom forest. Anyone have any idea where a beginner like me who can't even afford to make a glider or climbing picks can find metal? Preferably somewhere I don't have to make a dangerous trek that I'm almost guaranteed to make it back from. It's bad enough I had a ravager spawn literally inside my house while I was offline and destroy everything. I own everything I own, so I have to start from scratch minus building the house itself. It's kind of spread out out there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, right next to Portal, where the tram is broken there's um a pond with an island in the center there's a couple large uh, rich veins there and scattered throughout where you can swim to or run up to on foot are other uh, metal deposits as well the short version is ravagers are everywhere there's nowhere safe from them yeah, yeah. this is true go somewhere near the edge of the blue just run in and get your metal and run out do it naked <laughs> if you have to <laughs> yeah you know, it's funny where we built. I didn't realize how close it was to portal because I was just ra- I randomly was spawning where it was saying hard or difficulty was hard. Spawn in that area is like, wait a minute, Ugh, most embarrassing moment of my life. But it's a good spot we got, so I can't complain too much. Now, Drake Vanders has a few responses from us for us from uh, last week's topic, I believe. Uh, one. In regards to flyers being glide only, I don't think every flyer should be glide only, but the majority should have it available to them. For example, I believe that the Moth and Argentavis should be, still be able to fly normally, but the RG should still have access to the glide mechanic when going for a dive. Terra should be able to glide, ga- to glide to gain their speed, and Tapajuris should be able to switch between glide and hover modes. Additionally, I believe that hovering with a flyer should consume more stamina than just flying or gliding since the creature is basically trying to keep itself up in the air as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, most mo- most of these creatures are aerodynamically designed to be in motion. Mm-hmm. Um, they have about the, when they're standing still, they have about the same aerodynamics as you do. Hummingbirds are really one of, one of the only few birds out there that can hover. I, I definitely agree with them about the moth. Uh, I mean, it, it's aerodynamically designed to basically hover and fart its way across places. <laughs> um, and the tap is 
tap is the freaking tapa. I, I, I don't know what to say about that. There's thing. no rhyme or reason for the tapa. All right, so uh, number two, the proposal to make Titans a permanent tame, but one per server raises concerns if they can ever be transferred off the map. I would hope they can't be transferred due to their inherent size. Otherwise, I could see similar things occur to what people do with the unicorn. So as of right now, you can't transfer a Titan, and I doubt they would ever initiate or implement that again. How about for like a special event? One day only. <sighs> I don't think, think anybody will. All play. they have to do is tag the the tag the Titan the same way that they tag the uh, the that they've hard coded uh, the native di- the aberrant dinosaurs. They're hard coded to be native to a certain map type. You can't download. You can upload them off of one map, but you can mm-hmm. only download them back to that map. Yeah. Of course, asking them to hard code something like that is um. Well, it's asking like asking for the them sun to, to rise uh, in the uh, they, they would have to basically, uh, in doing this, they would essentially have just done all, implemented the system necessary to securely make sure that our characters don't get lost. Mm. And we all know they're not going to do that. <laughs> all right. Uh, number three, looking over proposed TLC changes for some of the creatures, what sort of TLC changes do you think could happen with some of the dials, such as the Giga or those which are very rarely used for PvP? I believe I mentioned before on the Discord about use of the Giga's rage mechanic being more controlled by the player, and that they can release a controlled rage, which can happen at certain points when the rage meter is filled. Obviously, I'm going to say the Moth. Moth needs some TLC, needs some new abilities. You know, an alt attack where he'll spray his little poo gas directly behind him so that if somebody is flying after him, he'll hit the chasing flyer right in the face. And let me shoot off the back of a Moth, please. Indeed. And speaking of things that they need to do the TLC path, and this is nothing more than just something that's on my pet peeve list, thanks to a upcoming event for my uh, for for my uh, server cluster. Mm-hmm. With love of God, release the up to date uh, dev kit. They did. Yeah, it's not up to date. Really? They just released it what two three weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, and there's stuff that is actually fairly important if you want a mod aberration that's not there. Ooh, I did not know that. Yikes. There's no way to tag a dinosaur as native. So the guy making the mod that I've been very excited to add into our server, as it turns out, I mean, it's still awesome and I'm still going to be doing it, but I'm going to have to warn everybody, we can't, you can't use, if you have access to it, you can't use the transmitter to get things out of dangerous areas after you tame them. You're going to have to walk them home. <laughs> That's what I had to do when we tamed a couple of uh, dinos. Yeah, I once tamed a Megalosaurus in the Element Vault. <laughs> it was a gift for data and um it would not have happened had i had to walk it back literally the entire distance of the map <sighs> you didn't have a saddle or anything for it just in case i i was chasing a um okay the s s plus one of the coolest features about its transmitter is it has a dinosaur scanner it'll tell mm. you the location where the dinosaur, where a creature, what level it was, and where it was initially spawned. Doesn't mean it tells you where it is, it just tells you where it first spawned. Ah. And I noticed these this cluster of really high-level feather lights, and I really wanted a few. <laughs> and after an hour and a half traveling through parts of the map I had yet to go to, I found myself in this weird black corridor where the irradiation stopped. So I slapped down a, a quick little spawn uh, spawn hut, ventured in a little further, and lo and behold, I'm in a cave. I was promptly murdered by Megalosauruses, at which point I found out there was a 150 in the cave there. Oof. And, well, you know, 
one thing led to another. Favorite? You brought brought him chocolates. <laughs> I mean, By wait, chocolates, what? I mean, uh, I mean, I roofied it with arrows and then shoved food up, <laughs> uh, food up its butt till it loved me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Peter. And now we like... have weird pink and yellow megalosauruses that look like ducks. Ew, pink and yellow. It, actually, they look pretty cool. They they really do. The, the patterning of it looks really good with the aberration. Uh, Pepto Bismol uh, uh, gone wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like I'd be proud to ride it, but it does look nice, <laughs> like for a cartoon avatar or something. Except I, I like the a, pink ones, the pink aberrant ones. Yeah, wait, a whole bunch. But are the pink and yellow combined? And not really. It's sort of um, the there's this yellowish to the underbelly and then the pink coat. We've also got ones that are almost full yellow that uh, with uh, with uh, uh, that that uh, Dada wants to was painting all of their mouths orange so they look like ducks. Oh, that's just that's just an eyesore. Sorry, no, no, no. <laughs> Number four again with the TLC pass, the gorilla gets an ability to reduce the durability of armor. Do you think any of the other dinos might get something similar? My bet is that it will be the Pachycephalosaurus and possibly the trike. Wanted to hear your thoughts on this. I have no hope for the trike. I like the trike. I think it's pretty cool. I want Trikes the damn rocket pods. It's, it takes reduced damage to the head. I wish there was some way to use yeah. that PvP. Well, let me just rephrase that to say I have no hope that the trike's ever going to be modified. I think it's just going to be constantly thought of as an early game dino with no features. Well, it's an early game raid in dino for beginners, is what the trike is. Cool to see I mean, the pack. Can, you do like it, damage to doors or something. Yeah. Yeah. A battering ram. Well, hopefully they'll get a, some nice abilities and a good upgrade for the TLC pass, but we'll see. Otherwise, what other dinos aside from the trike? Hmm. Especially Par- a, Parasaur. A, a parasaur. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice to see them have some. Well, okay, I did find a use for them back in the old, uh, uh, back, uh, back in late game. Uh, on officials, I w- I had a parasaur that sole purpose was to walk around behind me and collect uh, and and I'd shove eggs into it as I collected them. I I wait I put it nothing but weight to carry like a thousand pounds. It was enough to do a run around the base and collect all the eggs. Right. <laughs> well, it's interesting because it reduced the durability of armor. So the centipede has that ability with its attack. It's oh, acid yeah. attack. Freaking overpowered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't tame a parasaur until I've been playing the game probably six months. I never felt the need to do it. (laughs) Finally, one day, I looked at my uh, dino dossier, and I'm like, wait a minute, I never actually tamed one. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't bother. I went straight for a raptor was my first tame. I remember reading about parasaur as a child, and uh, apparently those, like, ridges or whatever that thing is on the back of their head was some kind of a sounding chamber. Mm -hmm. You need to see them used as, like, a megaphone or something. Or like an Ooh, alarm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like that. That's a really good idea, definitely. And then uh, number five. Any thoughts on whether previously popular PvP or PvE dinos will have certain abilities removed or replaced on another dino? I had a conversation a little while ago by removing the Daydon's healing ability with that of a rage mechanic and bringing the healing ability over to the Pachy Rhinoceros as being a little more accepted. Do you think any other dinos might have their current abilities being removed and instead replaced on another dino or with an entirely new ability? I don't think it's realistic that Wildcard would make changes that drastic. Now, that being said, you know, they have done drastic stuff in the past without telegraphing it, so maybe. Mm-hmm. Trying to think. Um, Nobody really uses the Packy Rhino. 
We tried using it in uh, one of our PvP fights a long time ago when they were first introduced. And the idea was to take a speed quetzal with a packy rhino with somebody riding it. And we would swoop by the enemy dinos, have it use its um, pheromones to turn those dinos on aggro and bring them over. It didn't work, and that might have been because we were trying to use it on golems, and I think golems are immune to the Packy Rhino's uh, pheromones. Oh, no. No? Yeah. Oh, no, I just said, oh, no, (laughs) waste your time. It's just, there's very few situations, I think, where that's a practical approach was the problem. Mm Mm-hmm. I I don't know. We were, it was an interesting theory to try during the heat of battle. Uh, we had some. We good... did a lot of crazy uh, things in the heat of battle at times. Oh yeah, just to see if it would work. Uh... <laughs> it's definitely it? like a lot of fun in Arc is like experimenting with stuff. Yeah, so many different tools that you can try to use. But I think anyone's ever been successful with that animal? <laughs> Indeed. Okay, so uh, let's move on to threads, tweets, etc. for the week. There was an interview with uh, Jet at a website called Hardcore Gamer. This was several pages long. Interesting read for the most part, though. Obviously, a lot of PR fluff, I thought, was one of the main things I got from it all. Uh, Anything strike you guys as interesting for what Jet had to say for various questions? Well, assuming that I completely read it in detail and forgot everything that was in it maybe you could summarize the major points (laughs) (laughs) uh there weren't really that many major points it was just uh asking about origins of arc how they come up with the idea you know you know he uh the concept of arc was obviously as children they dreamt of days where they could ride dinosaurs and have giant fortresses all that stuff they did a little bit about vr yeah i was interested in hearing their their thoughts on that because um you know, I, I, it's interesting to look, if you look at some of the early concept art for the game, um, it was kind of a really basic, simple idea. They had some of the outlines of things like tech, but at the end of the day, it was mostly survival and dinosaurs. And it's it's interesting to see how far it's kind of grown. Mm-hmm. It's been a little feature creep. They've obviously had to abandon a lot of features that didn't quite you know, pay off. And I would think that VR has a risk of falling into that realm. Yeah. I don't know. VR, when it comes to, like, first-person stuff, for a lot of people, is pretty uncomfortable, too. I mean, I would do it just for the novelty. Yeah, like, stand in your base and look around, but I think if you got on a Giga or something that moves, probably vomit. (laughs) (laughs) I just want my holodecks. That's what I want. Someday. Someday. I know they're Uh, doing the the Ark Park thing, right? The VR experience. It's what he talked about, which is being developed by uh, Snail Games, I believe. That looks like it would be pretty cool, I think. I spent a lot of time in VR. I sold my headsets. Uh, I want to wait for a later generation. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it took um, me about a month just to not bomb it if I wanted to play an <laughs> FPS game. So. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I, I don't do VR, and there are a couple of games I have that I'd really love to play in VR, like Subnautica. Yeah. So one of our tribe mates, uh, Troglodonis, his theory is that Aberration is nothing more than Ark Park. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when he saw the the tram line, he's like, "No, this is our this is our park. We're in our park." <laughs> Post-apocalyptic. He wouldn't believe the number of annoyances I have about all this inter- internal machinery, given the uh, lore stuff. But uh, it is. <laughs> oh, 
There we go. Well, uh... hey, we get to test the beep now. <laughs> you know, I was trying this time after last week's complete forgetting to censor myself. Reminds me a little bit of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when they got the little was mice or something that were building mm-hmm. different planets. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 the, the, the extra-dimensional uh, beings projecting themselves as mice were just hiring the Magratheans. Sorry, it's my favorite book. It's my second favorite book series. Okay, I am five feet from the uh, from all five books. <laughs> so, uh, one of the questions that Jet answered was uh, the question of how important is player feedback to survival evolved? Does Studio Wildcard incorporate the feedback it receives from players into future content? He answered. Player feedback is very important to our studio. We operate a very agile and iterative development style, which involves consuming a lot of the data we receive from players. Whether that's through closed testing, social media, live streams, YouTube videos, every little bit helps. We read as much as we can and take it all into consideration. The feedback plays a key part in our development as it helps us make decisions regarding the direction of the game. We're not always going to see eye to eye with our visions and those of some players lineup which is why we try and provide as many options as possible for customization so players are able to enjoy their own arcs. I'll believe that when he tells me to go after myself in an, uh, in an interview. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a lot of the player base doesn't agree on things either, so you yeah, know, this is it's kind of hard to say that if they followed one person's feedback, they'd be completely ignoring or going the opposite way of someone else's. Yeah. So they have to kind of consider everything, I guess. Yeah. I know, but I think it'd just be funny to acknowledge one of, uh, one of them telling me to have off. <laughs> I mean, how long have we been making uh, jokes about me getting us banned? Too many to count. Okay, yeah, um, it, it's a good interview. Play. Some Sorry. good stuff there, but go ahead, Solo. No, I was just going to say, like, uh, developer feedback is nice for the players, too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, when they tell us what's going on, um, helps us, I think, to feel more connected with them and with the game. Like yeah. lately, they've yeah. been so quiet. It, it seems like you, you just you really don't know. Like next time you you know open Reddit or something, like which direction the game might be heading. Yeah, the the worst thing a dev can do is shut out its gaming community and not let them know what's going on and what they plan to do. It just it helps them generate a good rapport with the community if they at least inform them what's going on, give them an idea of what's happening. Like I said, really good interview. Some good interesting questions were asked. One was, is it too early to talk about a potential sequel for ARK's Survival Evolved? And Jad's reply was, right now we're focused on finishing off the ARK story by releasing the expansion packs, though we'd be lying to say the thought hasn't crossed our mind. Maybe as we get down the line over the next few years, ARK gets a sequel, we'll see. Mind you, we've got a lot to think about when it comes down to determining when the right time will be. That was the closest I've ever heard him give to a straight answer. I think it's a reasonable answer. I mean, we've heard similar no, answers. No, no, I don't best. disagree with that at all. I'm just saying I think that's the closest thing to a straight answer. I, I don't expect a, ma- a guy in his position to actually give straight answers because stuff happens. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, thinking about it, though. I'm not sure what I'd want to see out of a sequel other than just the next generation of game engine technology. I'd, yeah. I'd like to see it done as a AAA game from the beginning, like given a proper budget and staff to work on it yeah. and quality bar well, almost like it'd be a remake or a reboot that that i'd probably like mm-hmm. better than a complete quote-unquote sequel unless the story in this next expansion is just so amazing that we demand to know where it goes from there it would be kind of weird to see arc survival evolve get a reboot instead of a a sequel to the game i I'd, I'd like to see it get a reboot and then go with more of the original vision 
and yeah. the orig- some of the uh, and a lot of the original concepts. Like you know, one of my big things, especially now that I've seen I've seen it done and been doing it on um, uh, on aberration. Spinal's an arm block up, right? Well, yes. We're fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a, uh, a bit. <laughs> and, and I think everybody knows by now. I do not read the show liner. I, I was have about no to say, how do you know that? About. I was gonna hopefully, I was hoping that would be a surprise, but we'll get to that later. We because really? I was told about it by someone because they knew I geeked the hell Son out about it, I'll and I did. Kill them. I'm going to again. Anyway, you're saying element pools or farming? Oh, uh, element farming. What happened to element infused bodies? Talk about. Hey Rico, you're breaking up that entire segment. What was that? Oh, um, I was just uh, going on about some of the lore stuff that we've uh, that that was originally going to be part of thing, like uh, ruins from some of the other tri- from some of the dead tribes. Okay. Um, a farming element, uh, uh, uncovering tech through you know story methods rather than you know, spam the boss. Mm-hmm. And so you were saying something? No, I thought I remembered reading something about uh, creatures with like element infused bodies. I always expected, like when Aberration came out, that there would be some sort of thing we could kill and get something at least toward creating element with, like a resource. But those were the the bosses, I think, was the. Well, there was originally some concept before we actually saw any of the actual bosses back when. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, there was the Brood Mother, but I mean, giant spider thing. It's just, it's not exactly the the Wyvern or the. Or the Manticore, where it, it, it's obvious there was uh, some, you know, techno magical nonsense going on. Yeah, we we were told that there'd be stuff about, you know, uh, we it, what was it? Uh, basically, like, like we'd be able to mutate dinosaurs, and there's even some weird early concepts of us being able to use element and interact with our implant to basically do space magic. <laughs> like these were all. Stuff that it, to the what was a rumor and what was an early concept and what was something they ever seriously considered, I probably lost the annals of Reddit. But uh, I mean, I, I'm not artistic enough to figure out what's true and what isn't in this case. <laughs> well, you know, it was interesting because this week there are several Reddit posts that just seemed to pop up simultaneously, and uh, one of them was by. Irish Tato and it was titled Arc Wildcard Evolved ETA and he wrote Wildcard needs evolving not the survivor just wondering when the same BS we've had to go through for two plus years is going to end it's a triple A price game with a much larger studio than what many of these solid indie games have yet when I pay a $20 when I play a $20 game on Steam I'm always thinking why is it impossible for Wildcard to achieve this and um, yeah, there were several other threads saying asking that wildcard be taken off as a developer and somebody else be brought in. Well, and it's like, what? A lot like, of these quote like unquote solid. The actual, uh, the actual um, Bungie team off and replaced them all with wild uh, with, with Microsoft robots. Mm-hmm. Everyone be... knows what happened to that game series after that. It was already getting a little dull. Then it turned into you know, Call of Duty with. 40k marine ripoffs right but but a lot of these solid indie titles are like side scrollers i mean arc is just incredibly complicated game i think the developers have had a great vision too they brought it where it is and a lot of people love the game definitely have their their flaws as a developer yeah yeah but replacing them would probably ruin the game i'm just curious what's the best way for them to deal with arcs evolve evolve is it to 
build a brand new version of the game and then release it as we're mm. talking about that reboot or will they actually take the time to hire more people to finally fix all the underlying issues with the the code and then the game itself my or answer to that under your floor my <laughs> answer to that is consider what happened to daisy daisy mm-hmm. tried to do the standalone thing and it practically got abandoned yeah but it sold a lot of copies that's for sure now a post by ISU or ISU, I guess, was titled No X Plan Effect, Clear Water Vision. You just have to love this community. And he writes, As you can see many times, lots of streamers are changing their INI folders to get every last advantage over other people in this lovely game. But why bother to change it now, right? With Tur change, nobody's going to use X Plants anyways. And they, the clip he showed was of a Twitch streamer getting shot by Plan X's. But you know how when you're shot by a Plan X, your screen goes green and it's hard to see anything? No, yeah. his, his, his screen stayed clear, and it's because he changed uh, some of the details and the folders of the game. Now, wouldn't you guys think this would be considered cheating? Yeah, it's a hack, yeah. really. I would. Remo- removing visual effects completely. Yeah, well, apparently a lot of people were, are of not of that opinion. I uh, simply said, well, if Wildcard's not going to do it, report him to Twitch because I quoted the Twitch guide and it says, cheating in online games. Any activity such as cheating, hacking, botting, or tampering that gives the account owner an unfair advantage in an online multiplayer game is prohibited. And uh, one person replied to me saying, it's not cheating, though. Another guy said, changing a fly that file that literally every player that owns Arc or any game that allows for custom configuration has access to is not tampering. No engine files were edited. The uproar, uproar over this shows how much you know about PC games. This is not a hack. No, this is definitely tampering, though. It's mm-hmm. definitely tampering. I mean, do you really think the devs intended people to play the game that way? Yeah. Um, it's it's now, really on them to make sure that the file's secure. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, the, the counterpoint there is, I think Wildcard needs to seriously clean up the code. I, I, that option is probably there to help debugging. Mm-hmm. You know, It's probably not meant for gameplay. Yeah, it's just it was amazing how many people in the that particular thread were suddenly coming to this guy's defense saying, No, no, if you can change your configuration files, it's all legal, it's fine, you can do well, it. Well that's like you know, the same a friend of, of mine once told me when we were having an argument over whether or not we <laughs> should do something, uh, just because we could. His point was if the game developers didn't want you to do it, they'd get off their <laughs> and change it. But mm. you know, undermeshing. I disagreed with him. But it's not an invalid point. We can all undermesh. Is that something that's considered an exploit? No, but they do make, they have been trying to, well, it is, but they've been trying to fix that. That's something they've actually taken steps to fix. Granted, it's never enough because there's always another hole. Yeah. But they have actually taken steps to fix that. So it's not really the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, let's move on to the next topic. Now, last week's uh, listener brought up the idea of cryptocurrency in the game. And uh, we didn't do the question much justice. And I guess we should have because apparently cryptocurrency called Engine Coin will be coming to ARC. <laughs> yeah, this shocked me. Wasn't that okay. the company name from Jurassic Park or something? Yeah, that close. was InGen, I think. <laughs> I-N-G-E-N? I know. Close enough, like though, it. yeah. <laughs> it's... So I haven't done too much reading up on this. It's still unclear how this would work, to me at least. I mean, yeah. have you guys studied it? 
I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my head around how this works. And um I just I don't get it. So if you play a game for a certain amount, you'll generate coins is how well, this is supposed to work. Current like coin mining requires like your computer's resources to do a bunch of math, mm-hmm. right? Like most people playing Ark, I don't think they can afford to dedicate anything to discovering, you know, some algorithm based yeah. number. They need to play the game, and it probably barely runs as it is. It just it boggles my mo- mind that this is a thing. You know, as much as I, uh, 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 much as I do love my libertarian brothers, could you please stop it with this cryptocurrency crap? <laughs> Without some kind of established system, it's always going to theoretically be worth something. That's but a poor you know person talk. What theory talk. means when you're actually doing something. Once again, you're not invited to my yacht. Once I buy it <laughs> with my crypto coin. When you buy your theoretical yacht with your theoretical, oh, I'm sorry. When you theoretically buy your theoretical yacht with your theoretical money, yes, I will not be invited. <laughs> Much like Schrodinger's cat, however, I'm not going to try and hug it until I establish whether it's alive or dead. <laughs> so the engine coin is supposed to be used for in-game items, in-game currency, virtual tokens, with the engine coins being used as currency to buy all and sell all this virtual stuff. I mean, it's one thing where you can use cryptocurrency like Bitcoin to buy real-world items, but a cryptocurrency to buy in-game content? I mean, what's the point of that when, you know, Steam has its marketplace, for example, where people can sell stuff for real money? And what are they? What exactly are you going to be using this for? That's what I'm still trying to wrap my head again around because they're, all they're just saying is in-game items, you know, mint unique in-game items, currencies, and virtual tokens using engine coins as a parent currency for creating and managing virtual goods. And this is also going to be coming to games like Rust and EVE Online. Okay, no, I'm sorry. Someone's going to have to actually show me where the devs are saying this is going to happen before I believe it. EVE already directly translates to real-world money. Mm -hmm. There is no need, no purpose in it having cryptocurrency. Yeah, well, these guys are going to be talking or making their debut at this year's GDC, which is soon, I think. I'm not really sure how how does this benefit the players. Like that's what I'm trying to figure out, and I I just don't get it. It, like, it can, I, can I buy sense. Mountain Dew with it, too, or something? I don't talk think... about Mountain Dew. That was my vice, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the tax implications, though, I'm guessing that it's going to be completely in-game and not never be transferable to real money. That's just a guess. I have nothing Which to base it on. Which is not really cryptocurrency, is it? Yeah, it's... it's crypto value? It's monopoly money. Yeah, pretty much. But people will still find a way to trade it. They, like, well, I mean, yeah. Even if it had enough game value and you could buy certain skins that you couldn't buy with real money, like wouldn't you, if you didn't have that coin, then give real money so you could get enough coin to buy your skin? Yeah. yeah well, they have exchange, uh, but there are companies that will do exchanges, so you can buy it with real money, yada yada yada. And I guess exchange it for real money. I'm, like I said it's there's not that much info on this from what I can gather. I I looked into it briefly, like before we started the show but i couldn't really find much on it so yeah right now i find it very very sketchy but for 22 cents a coin it might be worth throwing a few bucks that way who knows maybe we'll end up like bitcoin knowing my luck now let's uh 
move on. And the final thing is a poem was posted on uh, Reddit. And this was by Cody Beggar 999. He titled it a shotgun to the face. Now, would any of you care to recite this poem? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody, huh? All right, then. I shall give it a shot. Feel free to mock me as much as you want. Shotgun to the Face, Chapter 1, Defeated by the Darkness When we entered the dungeon with hatchets and bows and were hoping for treasure and loot, we knew not the hazards and strength of our foes, we knew only to point and to shoot. As we stumbled through darkness, my tribe mate remarked, there ain't much light, can't see no so good. So embarrassed and shamed, I replied in the dark, I've forgotten to bring any wood. We turned our backs and made for the door. Chapter 2, We Have Torches This Time With the guidance of flame, we descended the stairs, still with hatchets and bows and the such. Although cautious, we certainly had a few scares, but our armor stayed strong and we vanquished so much. As we saw all the lava, we marveled and awed, what a terrible, beautiful stage. But in moments, we learned that our plan was still flawed, those damned bats and their horrible rage. All the flapping and squawking, a terrible noise, our blades desperate, swinging amuck. We avoided the team kills, we had that much poise, but those bats just weren't given up. After hours of struggle, we stood in their blood, and we laughed at their paltry remains. As the last of the bats hit the ground with a thud, my tribe made complaint of some pains. I'm sick, he moaned, and sputtered and wheezed, an infectious disease he'd received. As his health bar descended, he shuddered and sneezed, then he spread his infection to me. We laid on our backs and died on the floor. Chapter 3 An Appointment with the Lava Golem It took hours to build the supplies that we'd lost, all those leeches and penguins to skin, but for antidotes why we accepted the cost and returned to the dungeon again. Our experience helped us make haste through the cave, killing spiders and boas and every damned bat. We were ruthless in in sending them straight to the grave. At the end, we regrouped for a chat. I'll grapple up there. You'll grapple up here. We equipped all our rockets and shields. We were ready to take on the golem, no fear, and then take all the loot that he yields. After many a rocket, we rubbled the beast and collected our fabulous spoils. The Mastercraft shotgun, it was also a beast, a blueprint quite worthy of our toils. We had made our way back and settled the score. Chapter 4, A Shotgun to the Face A snake hissed in the dark with its threatening hiss and a saliva that burns you like mace. But the Mastercraft shotgun, it wasn't made to miss and it died from a shotgun to the face. Some spiders came charging, all angry as hell. They shot webs and they locked us in place. But we weren't moving, not till every last shell had been spent a Mastercraft shotgun to the face. When the scorpion saw us, he trembled with fright. He could see the fear all over his face. He tried to run off, tried to vanish from sight, but he too received the shotgun to the face. At last the bats, those disease-ridden vermin, they came flying fast in some kind of race. But ready we were for those ugly flying rodents who received the shotgun to the face. We will return to the dungeon whenever we want, since no group of bats, spiders, or snakes can stand in the way of the Mastercraft shotgun when they take the shotgun to the face. Well done, well done. Yeah, I was going to say, points for iambic pantometer. <laughs> that um, uh, did not take the narrative direction I expected it to. I know, I was going to say, minus points because no one actually got killed by a shotgun to the face, which is what I was expecting. <laughs> Maybe they were playing on a PvE server? Yeah. <laughs> I did have to um, uh, do a little work on the last three stanzas because it wasn't following the pattern that I was reading it in. Oh, wait a minute. You edited it. Okay. <laughs> Just the very last Pat three lived, stanzas. Yeah. I asked the author 
if he wouldn't mind if I did. He said, that's fine, so long as I kept the shotgun to the face. Since that was the name of the poem, I said, yep, don't worry. I've got that. Um, I thought it was a cute little poem. And yeah, I was expecting them to shoot people in the face, not just dinos, but still yeah. enjoyable. So uh, well done. Who knows? Maybe we'll get him to read it. Maybe I got the rhythm of the whole thing wrong completely, knowing my luck. It's really a haiku. It's a haiku. <laughs> All right. So uh, patch notes. Uh, one little patch came out this week. That was version 276.43. They fixed a client render and crash associated with certain maps. Fix an undermission exploit. And remember how last week we talked about that video where there was an exploit where you could wear broken armor and still get the durability? Yeah. Well, they fixed a cross arc transfer and exploit which allowed people to wear broken zero durability armor. So this was a cross arc transfer and exploit. That's how they they were doing it. Hmm. Good that they nailed that down and got rid of it. Oh, yes. Ooh, imagine that was still going on. Now, the main topic of the week is all obviously the Dino TLC Phase 2 preview that was released this week. Um, last week we talked about several of the dinos that they were getting the TLC update, which is going to be going live February 18th, which has not been pushed back yet. But uh, they weren't done yet. They showed us uh, the Argentavis, the new model for the Argentavis. Looks really good. Yeah, I, I, I love the way that looks. Yeah. <laughs> and they write... The Argentavis has long since been a favorite flyer to many. With its high health, weight, and stamina, it's an essential air mount that now will be getting a bit more love. The Dino TLC will grant the Argent a new saddle that will receive reduced weight capabilities on obsidian and other various materials, and the ability to craft smithy items within the saddle. The Argent will now be able to carry two additional passengers, one with its claws and one in its beak. The Argent will be carrying heavier, heavier than current creatures in its talons, while its beak will be able to support the weight of smaller creatures. Lastly, upon consuming a corpse, the Argent will receive rapid health regeneration, making this vulture a formidable aerial tank. Wow. I really like this. Oh, yes. That's a lot more uh, improvements than I was expecting. Especially reduction on obsidian weight reduction. No dino has weight reduction on obsidian, as far as I know. It's always remote, too. Yeah, and every now and then the Donoid can farm Obsidian, though sometimes it can't, which I always found... Only certain nodes, yeah. actually, that I found, like the the original style, like on the island, those little flat ones with the little notch mm-hmm. out of them. Still works on Aberration with those ones, too. I don't get it why it's such... It's that way, it doesn't make any sense to me, but... <laughs> Wildcard spaghetti code, certain Obsidian <laughs> nodes are different than the rest. <laughs> Um, love the idea that it can be a, a uh, portal smithy, so that's going to be great for PvP if you need somebody uh, smithy for repairing your armor and long necks, or just crafting ammo on the go if you hit a base real fast, and they've got the gunpowder and metal right there to be turned into uh, ammo. Indeed. And the I fact... Mean, yeah, go ahead. I just, I mean, the the the... I can always remember, you know, the the old days of the flying, you know, train to for for mining runs and stuff, and the fact that that'll now be fairly effective for obsidian and, and whatnot, which is as was already said, it's always fairly remote locations, mm-hmm. and just the the general utility. I just, it's a shame we don't still have the as much as I love it not having speed things anymore. 
I'd love to have a, uh, a, a speed argent with all this, these new updates. <laughs> yeah. I love the argent. I always have, always will. And it looks freaking gorgeous now. So. Oh, yeah. Well, so when they did the first TLC for the argent, it got really good visuals, though it looked like a baby chick when it first happened. Which I always thought was kind of weird. Cute, but weird. So yeah, definitely happy. Definitely looking forward to this. And then they released uh, info for the Spinosaur. And uh, <laughs> the quadruped stance of the Spinosaur has been hotly debated since it first joined and ever since. Those for the stance enjoyed its dog-like run, while those against felt like it was not true to the real-world version of the dino. With the TLC pass, the Spinosaur will now be able to operate in both a bipedal and a quadruped stance. While when on two legs, the spinal will move slower, but be able to bite and use its claws to do increased damage. While on four legs, it will be able to move faster. Due to its affinity to water, the spinal will receive a buff, which applies to a bonus to movement speed, turner radius, attack damage, and health regen when fighting in water, and will last for some time after exiting the water. It will also prefer prime fish meat for taming over prime meat, and have an increased chance of gathering prime fish meat. But before we can all do that all in phase two, we have to get through this upcoming patch first. Okay, so, Rico. Oh my god, thank you, thank you, thank you. We are going to get them to stand up. Now, why <laughs> do their textures look blurry? <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I know I'm on my, my this is like, I'm not just forcing myself to be about this because I have to rant about something. I mean, seriously, look at the fin. It are they looks yes. blurry. Is it not finished, maybe? Yeah, it I could be not, not finished. finished. It's yeah. by a prototype. It better not be finished. But oh, if you look at the, uh, the the quadruped stance one, it is fairly defined, but they've changed the texture of it so much, and it just maybe it's just the comparison. It looks blurry, or just a photo, and it'll look fine under proper lighting. I'm looking okay. at it right now. It doesn't look too blurry. It does look shinier. Yeah, but but I think it's an excellent compromise they've come up with here. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like everything they're doing mechanics wise. It's just. The new texture, I'm looking at it going, why, why is it blurry? Why is it blurry? Because, <laughs> you know, without bipedal spinos, the game is literally unplayable. Yeah. Damn straight. I do find it interesting that it's going to be prime fish meat. Which makes sense, because yeah. that's pretty much all it eats is fish. But it's harder to get. Or it's just a pain to get prime fish meat. Oh, yeah. I, I will say, I'm loving the... Um, the uh, the the buff concept for yes. getting out of the, when it just comes out of the water. I mean, what? any chance I got back in the old days when we had uh, if we were going to be in the if there was any chance of me being able to do an actual you know amphibious assault, I'll get my spino. <laughs> also, climbing mountains oddly enough, the spinos are always good at that compared to the rex. So, how important will it be for a base to be built next to or encompass water where they can? dip the Spinosaurus into the water really quickly to get the buff and then send it out to fight since it's going to last for some time after exiting the water. It'd have to be more powerful than, you know, the other dinos, I think, to really make that worth it. I mean, the, the mm -hmm. thing about the Spino was always that it was the good, it was good for DPS. Its its individual hits weren't Rex, well, weren't Rex level, but it right. attacked really fast and really had good fast. stamina. And with this, you know, if it's in its bipedal state, it's going to have Increased tack tack damage, and then if you couple that with the water buff, which will also give it a, additional attack damage, it might be dealing out some serious hurt. I'm gonna have to start reading spinos. 
it should like in my mind it should always be somewhat comparable to a rex like mm -hmm. you know varied at least but um should be able to fight at least on some terms like maybe in the water it should always kill a rex maybe oh absolutely yeah without a doubt I'm just hoping it will. When they say when they're talking about the the turning radius, I'm I'm really hoping it's gonna be um, a nice one. Cause I mean they're not a they're not a croc. Mm -hmm. I mean if anybody else has ever uh, uh, my comparison of a croc when back when I was teaching people how to when they were our only water uh, you know good water excursion dino was think of these things like a World War One biplane. Don't try <laughs> and turn them. Line them up for attacks. The spinos were better, but not that much. Yeah. A Rex could turn faster in the water. <laughs> of course, it was a lot slower, but... Indeed. So, aside from the preview, they also gave us um, the patch notes for what will be coming with the Dino TLC Phase 1 on February 18th. They reiterated the dinos that we talked about last week. I would suggest going back to Episode 73 to hear that. So let's look at creature-specific bug fixes and balance. Why they say that word twice in the thing, I will never understand. Uh, Dragon's Fire Breath direct impact damage reduced by 50%. I hope they mean the, the dragon dragon, not wyverns. What, it, what is the impact damage? Well, I think so, okay, it, impact damage is for, for everything with a spit or a breath attack, the impact damage is that initial hit. Yeah. That uh, benefits from its melee score. So it has nothing to do with the the flat like percentage based damage that everyone's complaining for. No, that one the the, the percentage based damage is, uh, is usually part of the dot. Mm -hmm. So correct me if I'm wrong, but people have been complaining about this for a long time already on the yeah. dragon. So, um, cool. not included in this was uh, Jet made a comment about this in a, another thread. He said we had actually brought it down from thirty three percent to twenty percent at some point. And decided to reduce the direct damage instead of instead as it was pretty high, 180 at the time. And this is in regards to the dragon's direct damage nerf versus not doing a damage over time change. Um, they fixed a bug, which or I can't say fixed; they haven't done it yet. They're going to fix a bug which causes the rock drake and wyvern eggs to sink below their nests over time. Okay. You know, that's Please. actually one of the things that has kept me from uh, from my duties as an admin was I was getting sick of having to undermesh to fix the freaking cavern. Mm -hmm. it, it was it, the, la uh, the last week I was playing before I decided to take a, uh, take a short break before our uh, one year anniversary of our cluster uh -huh. was literally that I would spend an hour every day of like maybe four or five where I'm actually playing you know, just just wandering around the cave, fixing the freaking uh, the freaking uh, eggs. This has been an issue, like since scorched earth with the eggs. Like I can remember, yeah. you know, holding a teammate in the towns of a Quetzal and spinning around, getting him inside the mesh so he could whip an egg mm. that was shoved in there. You know, um, I'm hearing from our guys that run the trench on our official aberration server that a lot of the nests are bugged. So there's. I guess multiple spots where the eggs are just stuck in there. We can't on do average, anything about it. I'd find uh, my average uh, fix in that hour was eight, uh, eight out of all four caverns. Yeah. Or for all, all four areas of the cavern, because technically it's all actually one large continuous cavern. So then, whoever's got been able to collect the eggs as much as possible, or the lucky ones, because this is getting worse. 
Especially got a if, you, weeks if to wait. you manage to isolate uh, a really high-level uh, wyvern to uh, uh, to a certain area that happens to be fairly isolated and have three possible spawn points, because you'll be able to f*** the hell out of those high-level eggs. <laughs> Indeed. If you're now, crazy. <laughs> now they're going to happen. Oh, yes. Uh, they'll be adding rock golem saddles to Scorched Earth loot table. Uh, Whoa, you know, yeah. nice timely ad there, boys. I know, took them long enough, right? Oh, meanwhile, they're nerfing all the other soaking dinos. Like, yeah. Rock Golem <laughs> is still pretty good at soaking if you angle it correctly. Uh, even, like, player-targeted turrets yep. can't hit you. Exactly. Just walk them backwards. I know we had, like, some pretty nice ones in Legacy, some pretty nice Rock Golem saddles where you take, like, one to two damage per bullet. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were so good. So this is probably ah. going to be meta again with Rock Golem's tanking bullets. Yep. Uh, they'll also be adding Basilisk and Rock Drake saddles to Aberration's loot table. Cool. Sweet. So the Aberration loot table needs a complete overhaul and made to be a lot better. The Rock Drake saddles are there, though, where they were. I know there's no hmm. Basilisk saddles, but I'm yeah. wondering, maybe is there a mistake right now you can't find them? or It's possible that or uh, maybe they're going to spread it to where it's more commonly found be more commonly found in other you like regular yeah regular loot drops yeah that's what i'm thinking uh uploaded creature stats now display movement speed and melee damage uh they will fix a case where certain creatures would get stuck under the map or inside the map when colliding with larger creatures they'll be fixing an issue which was causing a desync with the reaper's collision people will no longer need pheromones to claim a reaper king the Moshops will no longer flee when told to harvest dino corpses, thank god. They will fix a bug where some creatures would not be able to t attack at low server FPS, like the Giga. Yeah, pretty important one there. Ooh, oh, yeah, well, yeah, that, we don't, well, when, was the, when was the first time we ever noticed that problem? <laughs> Attacking Faction Black, I believe? Yep. When we were ready to fight him, we had that. Problem. We're ready to fight him. We're going over, and as we're moving the, the entire force over, like, damn, none of our gigas could attack. Our our attack plan is not going to work, and it uh. didn't. Instead, we had to attack with Quetzals. <laughs> <laughs> Very first big war I was ever in, like like pre transfers, it was three tribes versus us. Mm -hmm. uh, their gigas stopped dealing damage. It's probably a godsend Ooh. for us. Because uh, we, we only had one Giga, and they, they had three tribes worth of Gigas. <laughs> well, luckily for us, we had my base over at Green Obby, so we were able to bring over some of my Rexes to the fight, since Rexes are always good to have. Dude, we weren't just bringing over yours. We, we, uh, when a couple of our guys got on, we started shipping them over yep. with our freaking... <laughs> it was with a good thing we had a freaking air fleet for the Quetzals, I'll say oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Brontos and Parasaurs breeding time will be increased by 50%, which will be equivalent to the Quetzal. Ouch. Ow! I think this is a pretty good change, actually. Yeah. The Paras I I, Okay, I get the Bronto. The Parasaur doesn't need to be that bad, does it? Well, they're both used, like, in the same capacity, essentially, mm -hmm. like, when it comes uh, to big yeah, fights. And they are. Like, if, if you kill a bunch of your enemies, Brontos or Parasurs, it literally takes them four days to replace them, pretty much. Yeah. So, you know, extending that time to a week is probably I I good think, for the uh, game. The Parasur, I mean, like, five, six days, or, you know, five days. Well, the Parasur is one of those dinos that is very tanky, and you can put a one-by-one one over the driver to protect them. Yeah, good point. That's why they're still used so much in a fight. 
And they have that knockback. Same with, like, mm. it's not as oh, much as a Bronto. Uh, you gotta but... love what the next lines are, though, in addition to making them hard, uh, longer to replace. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're gonna reduce Bronto HP gain per level by 33%. They're gonna reduce the Bronto base HP by 10%. The a reduction in the Parasaur's base HP by 10%, and then a reduction in the Parasaur's HP gain per level by 25%, a reduction to the Tuso base HP by 20%, reduction to the Tuso HP gain per level by 25%. They'll reduce the Donkey's resistance to bullets to 40%, and reduce the Donkey's other resistances to 60%. The Stego plate resistance will be reduced to 30%, so uh, some really big changes there. I think these, a... these are obviously like uh, coming along with the turret nerf, right? Yeah. Changes that we have to see, sure. Um, some of them I think are probably not enough. Like the I Stego, was just going to say. They go plate reduction to 30%. So 30% from the plates, 30 from a mate boost, and 30 from an imprint is already 90, not counting your saddle. Mm -hmm. Still going to take only, you know, maybe four damage per bullet. Yeah, exactly. And considering that it's the 100 turret limit within a 34 foundation uh, area, not it, staggers are still going to shrug that off for the most part. Yeah, if it's done correctly, you know, like I think currently you probably don't need to worry so much about having the mate boost if you have an imprint or vice mm -hmm. versa. At least at this point, it sounds like you're probably going to need to have a mate boost and an imprint. Yeah. Make it really good. Uh, certainly going to have to do a lot of testing with that. Now, well, generally, to make something invincible, it should take a decent amount of effort. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Tech Tapajara no longer inflicts raid damage. Uh, how you inflict torpor on Titans, Crabs, and Golems. They're only mentioning the Tech Tappy here, no, none of the other Tech Saddles. Yeah. I guess it's because it's a lot easier with a Tech, tech Tapajara than it would be with a, the Especially Tech for Rex. The, for the Titan. Yeah. Dude, I've, been trying to, I've been trying to use the, uh, the Tech... Um, Rock Drake saddle to knock out crabs. It is, it is not easy. It's it takes a little skill. <laughs> it, it, it oh, it's not even skill. A good chunk of it is just making sure it, it gets into a good place where you can hover or where you can you know uh, rock lock uh, you know rock climb above it. So it keeps trying to get at you, but fails and doesn't decide to wander off at some point. Because I just I just have it come right at me, like where it wants to fight me, and uh, and then I just take a step back and shoot real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Rico's in Paris because he can't hit the broadside of a barn. That's not inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> Try it that way. Shoot right for his little face. But make sure you take the step back first, or you'll blow your own armor off. <laughs> Um, an AI option for dinos to only attack conscious target it will be added to the Titan Boa. Cool. Especially for those who are taming. Though, if you were doing your taming properly, you wouldn't let a Titan Boa sneak up and ruin your tame. Noobs. A you skittish... know, I had that happen to me on one of my, uh, uh, on one of, uh, on one of my fighting crabs. I was, I was doing, remember how I used to tame the Spinos where I would be on top of them with a rifle? Just spinning around, mm -hmm. looking everywhere. Yep. Still managed to have that happen with a crab and a freaking titan bow in the in the bio loom. <laughs> it um, was blue. Is this, is this for tamed it. titans? It just says for tamed. Uh, no, not for tamed, but it just says to titan boa, not suggesting tame or wild. Well, it's an AI option to dinos. I would assume that means uh, if it's an option, that means it's something you can select, which says to me tamed. Okay, fair enough. 
First maybe trying to make it useful in base defense. I, I think it's still going to fail, but yeah. I, at one point, I wanted to make a honeycomb around the uh, around our entire base that was going to be filled with nothing but Titan boas. That way, when they busted through that fir uh, that first wall, uh, that first wall, just snakes would pour out at them. Maybe like a, a <laughs> moat of snakes. Exactly. <laughs> just because it would be creepy. <sighs> um, and then a skittish stance added to tamed dinos. What does that mean? I don't know. I think um, I think it's like dark and lights, like runaway mode. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say freaks out and runs away. Yeah, basically. Yeah, we need another way for the dinosaurs to get lost. Yeah. Well, I think the theory, at <laughs> no, least one yeah. reaction I heard, was that you put it on follow to something that's on aggressive to kill something while they're running away, and eventually they spring back. Yeah, but if they get out of uh, rendering distance, I don't think they come back at all. And then they get murdered by something else. Well, well I guess, like, in, I don't know, it, it's pretty niche use, but, like, you know, if you had to park your pteranodon on a rock and you had to walk away for a few minutes, maybe you left it on skittish so it wouldn't be killed. Mm. Wouldn't want it to attack stuff, right? Cause right. It kill itself that way, maybe, too. Good point. And then it flies up to the ceiling and you never see it again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's always something. If loose pteranodons all over the map. Oh I, well, no. I mean, uh, just think of the, the the flying um the flying ants. Those things will chase you all uh, on uh, basically forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're you're just gonna have skittish pteranodons being chased around uh, by ants for the rest of the game forever. <laughs> all in one corner of the skybox somewhere. Yeah. Like, together. <laughs> Get up there, the like, thing just like lags the out because there's the a ocean. thousand freaking ants bunch, up there. A bunch of skittish <laughs> flyers up there. <laughs> oh, I think that would probably crash the server. Okay, so uh, let's go into the general section. A lot of interesting things are going to be happening if uh, Wildcard is able to make this all happen by February 18th. Yeah, I was just going to, I wanted to add that caveat to everything we've just discussed. A lot mm -hmm. of stuff may not make the final build as history has shown. Yep. Yeah. So it's good to know that. They've got these on the table. They seem to be working on it. Yeah, they're exciting changes. Yep. So that does give me some hope. Now, in the general section, creative mode building will be coming. Yes. Can't wait. It's going to make uh, testing things a lot easier. Oh, yes. Uh, server option to disable fog. So good for all the unofficial servers out there. Arc will now scan your Steam achievements and update your local profile accordingly to restore any lost skins and hairstyles. Oh, now that they've been embarrassed by the fact that how to uh, that a file has been being shared around on the Reddit's uh, that'll fix this problem for you for for a month. I was month. just gonna say, so we're not gonna be able to do that. But will this also make it so that you can't configure INI files so that you can't uh, bypass that explant effect? I doubt it. I mean, it, it's not that that this kind of uh, change couldn't uh, ensure something like that. I just don't think it will. Mm, okay. I think some some options like that particular one might be better off in a separate any file that's not mm -hmm. editable. Yeah, I don't think that would be too difficult for them to move those. I agree. Um, they probably wouldn't, but will they? <laughs> uh, I think they should, especially now that it's out in the open that you can configure a file so you don't have to be a f deal with that Plan X effect because that's a big, big advantage in PvP. Oh yeah. And the and the offline water too, yeah, yeah, and the water too. Uh, yeah, like I on. mean, people use it just for that reason, just because yeah. it's gonna like darken their opponent's vision. Exactly, because being able to see is very crucial. 
I mean, when you've got a tech helmet and you're able to, and you're at, and it's nighttime, or not even nighttime, but you've got the ability to see a red outline of your enemy if they're in the area. Huge advantage in PvP. One that I miss having. Moving on. Add messages to tribe logs with information about uploading and downloading creatures. Finally. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how many times have downloads disappeared that we didn't know were stolen or not? <laughs> Though I do hope they add the player name of who uploads and downloads the creatures. Because that's important. Yeah. But yeah, like, like currently it. shows like if somebody unclaims a dino, it shows that, but it doesn't show if they upload them. Exactly. It definitely needs to be there. Um, they're going to make a respawning player not targetable by wild AI. So no more wow. spawn on the beach and being killed by Dilo. Or we, we've been, people have been asking for this since uh, for about as long as they've been asking for dynamic link bridges. <laughs> man, on Scorched Earth, I spawned in so many wolf butts. Oh, man, don't get me started with that. <laughs> <laughs> this so reminds that's... me of the first time I ever felt like part of oh, part of my um, uh, my my first tribe. The day I accidentally fell inside uh, in, inside of a Rex, and someone had to literally have me uh, toss me something so I could knock myself unconscious and then drag me out of its butt. <laughs> that's minute, when you know you, you like got it. friends when they're willing to retrieve you from a Tyrannosaurus anus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there will be an option to hide learned engrams. Players can now directly go from prone into crouching position, finally. Uh, you, you wouldn't believe how annoying I get when I go to prone and then I want to go into crouch, or vice versa. Well, from prone to crouch and not be able to do it. I've been doing that for so long, I actually forgot that was a problem. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I got used I to it. I kind of did too. Yeah. Wow. Definitely something I've gotten used to. You all disgust me right now. Ah. <sighs> When you're and, fighting, it is kind of bad to have to, like, jump up all the way. Yeah, because I'm you know, trying to stay, sniping. if I'm prone, I'm trying to stay out of sight, and I just want to crouch just enough to get above the, the plants so I can see what's going on, and then quickly go down again. Nope, I gotta jump like an idiot and say, hey, I'm right here. Uh, moving on, ambient sounds have their own volume slider. Vinyl feet should get a slider, too, I think. <laughs> Right-click context option added to folders to equip everything inside it, allowing for rapid gear switching. I love that. Gonna love that this is one cool. Too. Yes, that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, I have a question gonna... about that one though. Mm -hmm. If uh, so, I noticed would it just put the gear in your inventory, or would it actually like, like, would you instantly wear whatever's in that folder? I would assume you'd instantly wear whatever's in that folder, even if I'm already wearing something. I would just move the other stuff back to then, your inventory. Wait, if you're already wearing something, why would you right-click to equip everything inside the folder then? Maybe I'm wearing Gilead. I, I used to uh, always carry a suit of flak. When I was in uh, Scorch Earth, I'd always have a suit of flak and a suit of desert on me. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Stuff like that. And yeah. I guess they wouldn't go on your hotbar automatically. Honestly, this kind of rapid equipping your thing, what they're talking about would only really help with armor. It's not, yeah, you know, your weapon yeah. is still gonna be under hog bar, so. But I do like it. I like the fact that I can switch or put on armor without having to individually <laughs> I mean, do it. How many times have we dressed our dead bodies? <laughs> uh, too many times that I'd care to say. Um, they're going to create a use last pin code so players can quickly access secured structures. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, it, I think what they mean is that if you've entered the pin code before, it'll basically just assume that your mm -hmm. character will auto enter the pin code. 
like yep. oh. 90% of video games. Now that I like. Oh, yeah. Because entering the pin code is, in itself is pretty freaking easy on a number pad. It is. It just, I hate having to take the time to type in the pin code when I'm going through multiple doors. But if I've out. already unlocked it, yeah, I like, I like Rico's idea, man. That, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Well, if they're doing it any other way, it's not going to be very useful. We put uh, people's private vaults behind um, admin locked doors. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then we pin them so that the the player needs to use the pin, but they have to use the pin again to close the door, which is kind of obnoxious. Yeah, I, I hate that. But this will make people's make lives easier. better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now here's the biggest one so far that had a lot of people in an uproar. The silencer will now hide the name of the player who has killed you from the kill message in tribe log. Now, Brilliant. this isn't the first time we've heard this. This was mentioned years a long ago. time back. Years ago, yeah. we talked about this. It, it used to be like a great idea before aimbots took over Ark. And, and so, Nubs, Nub, Nubsly, Noobsly, Noobsly, not sure how to pronounce the name, uh, said, Honestly, feel this is a terrible idea. I hope you're hiring more customer service agents to deal with the increase in difficulty in investigating hacker reports. You know how I'd fix this? Put a mm-hmm. cooldown on it. Yeah, it hides your name, but if you do, if you shoot too many times within a minute, then you're going to be revealed. Mm-hmm. So Three obviously, times you move. So obviously, aimbot aimbotters with an assault rifle will have a field day with this, but that's on Wildcard to deal with. I love it because this gives the opportunity for small tribes and solo players to strike back at larger and yeah. mega tribes without fear of repercussions if they're good enough to get away with it. It seems like on the island, this would be pretty fun. Oh yes. Oh man, can you imagine having this back in the days when we when we were just stuck on the island? The amount of extra paranoia this would have been, uh, added to everybody. It's great <laughs> from a gameplay perspective, but given the state of the game as it is now, with the uh, the aimbots that are going around, and, and most mm-hmm. of those because Ark shares the same anti cheat as uh, Player Unknown's Battleground, so yeah. uh, it's pretty easy for them to just port them over to Ark. The aimbots. It's uh, it's kind of a dangerous thing. It's it's going to be definitely abused. Man, I've been. I remember walking through the canyons of the island and just doing some random activity and just getting sniped from the bushes. And you don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying. It's fun, but um, yeah, just running like hell and just getting sniped as you're going. And then knowing that you could be get, be killed and never know who killed you. That's just an extra layer mm-hmm. of. Uh, well, as somebody who played as a solo player for the first six months of the game, you know this would have been something I I would love to have had. Oh, you how much, how much how much havoc I would have wreaked on when I got bored after we those days <laughs> I got bored. There's one of the things I used to do is I I you know go uh is after we took over the server you know I'm basically up on my mountain ninety percent of the time. And occasionally I get bored, put on a ghillie suit, take out a uh, one of uh, one of our uh not uh, one one of our not bread terrors because they were always very distinctive in their color scheme and identifiable <laughs> just take out one of the random terror uh terrors with a with a sniper rifle and a silencer and just go kill people on the beach for the fun of it yeah so uh there was one comment about this particular thing on reddit and this came from toke me slow saying uh, the argument I will make is this. ARC in its current state on official service is bogged down with tribe politics. An instance of killing usually ends up in your base getting wiped or you having to wipe theirs. The small-scale PvP is almost non-existent. This mechanic allows for me to kill someone, steal their gear, and not have it result in a full-scale war. Like it or not, ARC is not a finished product. Due to its lofty ambitions, finding a state of balance that is both healthy, challenging, and rewarding for the player base 
is going to take time. We are seeing though that they are taking those steps. By nerfing the health of all the main stokers is going to make turrets stronger by default. Cheating is a separate issue and we should not turn down novel gameplay mechanics because it exists. The low level tribe having a blast fighting with direwolves and Argents aren't worried about aimbotters. If you play on officials you know what you're getting into, you're committing large chunks of time. That could be un easily undone by a number of exploits in the game. Blame it on wildcards, code, developers, whatever you want, but don't act blind to the many issues that plague the game. He's not wrong. Yeah, can't argue with that. So yeah, I am definitely looking forward to this silencer finally being implemented. Mm. It'll be fun so. to see what new uh, things, what new meta pops up as a result. Mass wipes by, uh, by alpha tribes, I expect. <laughs> now, not here that we that's go. new. So let's move on. Prevented or will prevent specific graphical flags from being invited via .ini files. This is the oh. what we just discussed. Yeah, water. yeah we just Excellent. talked about yep. this. Hey, cool. So hey, all you guys who are complaining or arguing that you know it's legal and it's not hacking or cheating, guess what? Apparently, Wildcard thinks it is. So suck it. I am so <laughs> mature. <laughs> Axis mapping is now taken into account when underwater. Does cool, anybody man. want to explain what the hell that means? Yeah, I don't know yeah, what I... that means. Wait, say that, say that one more time. Axis mapping is now taken into account when underwater. Does it mean there's going to be a Z-axis? No, I can't figure that one out. That's too cryptic. Yeah. That definitely sounds like it has to do with controlling movement underwater. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it is. It's probably a uh, gamepad thing. Maybe it uh, only applies to gamepads. Yeah, I wish I would have put that in there. Uh, cooldown added to tribes changing their name. Okay. Oh, what... yeah. Yeah. Some of the tribes I pulled on our own tribe back in the day. I mean, <laughs> they were changing their names like every two minutes. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. so well, I wonder what the cooldown's going to be. If it's like a one-day cooldown, that might be useful. Uh, that'd be great. A five-second character and base immunity added to offline raid protection service when first logging in. Fix a collision issue affecting some dino gates that allowed unintended entry fixed multiple unintended mechanics we'll explain in a bit more detail after the update drop so we'll find out i bet you that's the list of stuff that guy shared on reddit a couple weeks back yeah that's unintended possible. mechanics like you know seagull flying lifting yourself with your own boots stuff it would make sense for that winky face emoticon they put in the that one <laughs> Why they won't talk about it ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they'll be fixing an issue where the tech teleporter built on pillars and ceilings would push players and creatures beneath it. Fixing a crash caused by using force tame when riding a dino. Uh, we'll be improving red crystal collisions so they can be harvested more efficiently by the Anki. They also need mm. to do that with some of the metal as well. Yeah, that's a pretty big one. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll be correcting the aquatic mushroom description. They'll be removing collision from glow sticks, which would cause movement problems with certain creatures. Uh, fixing multiple client and server crashes. Fixing an issue where some zipline anchors were outside of replication range, preventing them from being used. Fixing a case which would allow players mounted on certain creatures to throw or play C4 a lot further. Ergo, the Stego. That is a good thing. Wait, what? So you know how if you're on a stego and you want to play C4 from the black back of it and you can throw it pretty far? They changed uh -huh. that. They like you can place um, it all the way on the ground even though you're sitting up on top mm -hmm. of the stego. Oh, yeah. I get you. I get you. Yeah. 
Hope they remove that. You shouldn't be able to put it on the ground, at least. Yeah. Shorten it. <laughs> uh, they'll be correcting an incorrect icon with the seeker dossier, fixing a case where a teleporting outside of a large base with a tech teleporter would show foliage that was harvested, uh, fixing multiple map issues, holes and collisions, and finally, fixing a case where some foliage would not replicate appropriately on aberration. Turrets now... Oh, finally. They, they forgot to hit enter that, on the turret part. Yeah. Turrets now respect enemy foundation placement rules, and there is a 30-second spin-up time when being powered by a battery. Oh, interesting. So wait a minute. Does that mean you can't place an a enemy turret next to a... Or a... You can't place your turret next to an enemy foundation? Correct. So remember uh, yeah. okay. when we went on a little raid on Ichne on the Upriste? I have no idea what you're talking about. And uh, we placed yeah. some turrets inside the base? Yeah, we yeah. won't be able to do that again. Uh, that's too bad. But we, I mean, we, we, cut, we knew they were going to take, take away that feature. We raided a really it. large tech base that was under construction, and they had mm -hmm. a whole bunch of turret towers outside. And we drained all those turret towers silently, and then we placed our own turrets on the ground all yeah. around and powered it off their generators. <laughs> and then we killed all their stuff, so when they came to check it out, uh, their turret towers were ours and killed them. They oh, built their own turret towers eventually. I thought they patched <laughs> that. So you can still power your turrets off enemy generators. Yeah. I thought yeah. they fixed that a year ago. No. Pretty broken. Wow, that's bad. But, but I'm guessing... A 30 second you... delay is not that much, though, for the battery right. thing, though. That's still pretty tolerable. Yeah. <laughs> also, the thirty-second spin-up time is uh, good. It's a good thing. We'll certainly no, add more so, dimension okay. to that. Question: Let's say your turret tower uh, generator gets taken out, and you've got battery backups in all your uh, turrets. Mm. Does that mean they're down for thirty seconds? I would assume so. Mm, I hope that that's... they'll count as spun up. Yeah, hope yeah, so too. If they're already in there, because eh, that's going to make a lot of batteries. We crapped it. Well, it'll days. be something we'll have to test then once the the patch goes live. Yeah. Ooh, I got to make a note of that. If your turret tower's down for thirty seconds, it might as well be gone. Exactly. Yeah, because they'll definitely blow in and destroy it completely. Then. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Overall, very excited for the for yeah. Eighteen. I'm hyped. I am totally hyped. I'll take the day off work. We'll get about a Not third really. of it at most. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm hoping. I am hoping just, that just they'll wait be able the to line, get it all done. A, a line a little further out will be inserted about halfway through that list. Then they'll update that to have even less be in a the A lot of quality of life improvements here. Yeah, a lot of them. So yeah. I'm very happy that there's a lot of quality you know, of life improvements. Random cosmetic thing that's still bugging me to this day. On-ground meshes. Mm-hmm. In Aberration, they're actually using a lot of meshes for, for items dropped on the ground. Why don't they just, like, bite the bullet and get that over with? Yeah. So, they need... We, we talked about this last week, where um, you'll get special items that'll drop during the earthquakes. But my problem is, every time I see them, almost every time I see them, before I can grab them, they go under the mesh. They need to make... First of all, they need to make those um, larger in size so you can spot them better. And make sure they don't go under the mesh. That's probably why they're not in the game. Yeah. Physics probably always, you know, have errors. So if you tried to throw your teammate, you know, a stack of stone, be 10% mm -hmm. of the time it would just disappear. Yeah. By the way, whoever thought it was a good idea to drop uh, spears during the earthquake and, and make me think it was a pike, I hate you. <laughs> Happened to me the other day. I was like, ooh, a pike. It's a spear. I just picked up a spear. I'm still very skeptical of this because I've yet to see anything but rocks drop off of an earthquake. <laughs>
I'm telling you, I've gotten some decent items when I can grab them, and I've missed quite a few others because I pay attention. Ah, well. So, listeners, which Dino TLC change are you excited for the most? Guys, I think I already... Well, Rico, I know it's you, the Spino. What about the rest of you? Hmm. I'm pretty excited for the for the Spino, too. RG. RG changes. Mm. Even though we're not playing a map that has an RG on it, I still think it's a pretty cool <laughs> change. I think I'm looking forward to the Rex the most because the roar will make people poop. <laughs> I'm really going to have I, so much fun with that. I just, I totally love how one of our, in our, one of our earliest podcasts, we talked about that. Yes. Something we wanted. We kept bringing up Jurassic it. Park where the, the, the lawyer ran into the little uh-huh. porta potty <laughs> and he got chopped while he's <laughs> sitting on it. That's cool. Uh Yes. All right. So, guys, provide your answers in the comment section or give us your answer in our Discord channel. I'll be sure to provide an invite to the channel in the comment section below if you would like to chat with us or hang out because it is time to close out Episode 74 of the Archaeology Podcast. Thank you to our participants this week, and thank you for listening to us on YouTube. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Goodbye and stay alive, survivors. February 18th hype. Wildcard will fail. <laughs> <laughs>